feature presentation. Welcome back for another untitled streaming review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, this is probably just going to end up being a uh, Babu Frick appreciation mm-hmm. episode uh, yep. as the little guy is back in action. Love it. Yes, today we are reviewing uh, chapters 17 and 18 of The Mandalorian. Yes, he's back. Um, yes, Grogu is back. How? If you didn't watch Book of Boba Fett, you might have no idea Um, because it didn't even say in the recap. But uh, I'm excited to talk about this uh, with you, Eric. We're going to go. Chapter 17 is already out. So I think we can kind of talk about chapter 17 as a whole. Most people have already seen it at this point. And then we'll go into we have seen chapter 18, the second episode from season three of The Mandalorian, uh, which we will talk about completely spoiler free. But we'll kick it off with kind of um, our overall thoughts uh, of both episodes. Um, I'm just loving that it's Pedro Pascal season. He's in two of the biggest shows on television. He's everywhere. Uh, my little baby boy Grogu's back. Uh, we get uh, a not one Babu Frick, but like five of them. <laughs> which is incredible. Um, So I, and there's a gross little freak that we're going to talk about later that I love and just overall Star Wars goofiness that I really love. So Eric, how are you today? I'm good, Matt. I'm good. It's interesting because I felt a little bit apprehensive returning to the Mandalorian. Um, I kept putting it off and I think it was partly because of how good Andor was. Um, I tweeted and that, the exact thing. Yeah. That quality of, of, of television, of, of, of writing, of filmmaking has set the bar so high that coming back to something that is more entertainment than anything else, you, you kind of have a little bit of a hesitation there. Um, and, and you just mentioning that you tweeted that as well. It's good to know that I didn't feel that I was alone there because, again, you know, The Mandalorian has kind of proven itself, but every season does take a little bit of time to readjust to the tone and, uh, you know, get into the episodic storytelling. So um, it's it's always good to kind of like slowly immerse yourself in like an old man sinking into a tub. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I I felt the exact same way. And uh, I think I even, you know, I watched these immediately when we got them, which was uh, pretty late at night, actually. And so I watched them at like from 11 till 1am. And um, I felt the exact same way where after watching Andor, which was so good, um, which felt like a refreshing breath of fresh air for Star Wars. Not that I've been, I've been a fan of mostly everything that has done been done in the Disney era of Star Wars for better or for worse. I've liked aspects of everything, you know, uh, Book of Boba Fett didn't care for uh, Obi-Wan felt for forgettable. Um, but Andor, I loved so much and felt it was such high quality. And it's been so long since I think season two of The Mandalorian. It's been a couple years, right? Um, Unless you don't yes, count the book yeah, of Boba Fett, <laughs> which we'll get into all of that. Um, that I was also hesitant, and it did take me a while to get into these two episodes. Um, I just felt like, oh man, like I, I loved Andor so much. Can I go back uh, to 
this type of Star Wars. And I'm glad to say, like, you know, it took me maybe half of the first episode or maybe even into sec- the second episode for me to kind of really start to have a lot of fun with it. But, I, you know, if you take them as Star Wars can be many different things, it's ultimately, you know, still involves you know, the empire and the rebels or your know, bounty hunters and Jedi and, but it can be many different things and many different tones, which I'm kind of starting to really like where you can have Andor, which feels premium and serious and some of the best writing star Wars has ever had. And, and some of the best character work and an ensemble. And then you can have something like Mandalorian, which has that pulpy kind of adventure, uh, kind of episodic nature to it um, that has a lot of that Star Wars doofiness. And I mean that in like a good way where Mandalorian is so good at understanding what Star Wars is and what classic Star Wars, <clears throat> like the original trilogy kind of was of using practical makeup and costumes and having puppets and and and, and things like that where some of that comes across as really corny at times, but the corniness kind of adds to its charm. So, you know, that threw me off a little bit going from Andor, which is very self-serious and very, very good. And Mandalorian is very, very good too. And I, I had a lot of fun in these first two episodes, but it is a lot of setup. But the stuff I loved most was that Star Wars kind of pulpy adventure doofiness where there are moments where I'm kind of laughing at it or the costume doesn't necessarily feel off on an alien creature or something like that but there's just something kind of funny about it but it all kind of comes together and works so like um, I guess I just summed up my thoughts on these two episodes where it's still even after that second episode I still don't you kind of know where the season's going but you don't necessarily it is a lot of exposition. It is a lot of Mando going around and seeing some characters we know, some characters we just met, um, and and doing that, not necessarily the episodic thing we saw maybe from season one, where each episode was like a new side mission, but it's like setting up a lot of things. It's a lot of setup is what I'm trying to say in these first two episodes, but I had fun with them, and it's it's just fun to see Grogu back with Mando and and just my sweet baby boys back but also the weirdest thing if you did not watch book of boba fett because i'm sure there are people who just love mandalorian right and like didn't watch book of boba fett and even in the intro to chapter 17 the like previously on mandalorian they don't even cover that and i'm like how I i don't know like i just they do cover it in like a line of dialogue in the first episode with uh uh carl weathers but like it I don't know. So anyways, uh, overall, like the episodes. How about you, Eric? Yeah. So to sum it up, a methodical start to season three, bays in nostalgic waters of past franchise glory. The episodic structure of the show still has enough goodwill to thoroughly enjoy each and every week. And when you're watching this, you're thinking to yourself, okay, how much catch up are we going to do? You You just mentioned, you know, they don't really kind of, introduce the plot of this in in the recap and i think you do need a bit of a recap because it has been a while since you've gotten season two and if you haven't watched those two episodes of the book of boba fett that became the mandalorian within the book of boba fett um you might be a little lost but at the same time 
after the opening sequence, which is kind of to throw you off a little bit because you think like, oh, is this um, sort of like a, a past a flashback scene of, or of yeah. Din Djarin's life being, you know, baptized. <laughs> That's by the originally what the I thought. But then I'm like, this kid doesn't look like he could be younger Pedro Pascal. No, no. <laughs> um, but then it turns into uh, Lake Placid, which I kind of appreciated yeah. as well. But then afterwards, you have the armorer uh, played by Emily Swallow, who's always really good. Like, it's it's always nice hearing that voice and getting that performance. And there's kind of almost like uh, a revisit of what the setup is in the book of Boba Fett for the Mandalorian was that he has to atone for taking off his helmet by going to the living waters um, underneath, underneath uh, man Mandalore. Uh, it's Mandalore, right? Mandalore. Yeah. Mandalore. And under the minds of Mandalore, uh, which I also find very funny because at one point they mentioned it's underneath a civic center, which I think is <laughs> yeah. kind of hilarious. Um, but that repetition kind of feels like, that's where the insert is for people that maybe didn't watch the book of Boba Fett um, and kind of giving you that recap there where it's like, okay, we're going to, because why would he come back to have the same conversation with her other than to show her that piece of Mandalore um, that's been fragmented and to talk more about whether or not the planet's been poisoned and it's, you know, inhabitable still um, it kind of feels like there's a lot of repetition because he got everything through the conversations that he had with the armorer in the book of Boba Fett. So it's almost like for the benefit of those who didn't watch the book of Boba yeah. Fett, but also again, as a recap. So I think that's where you I, get that part. I definitely understand that. I think it's more the Grogu thing because it was such an, emotional kind of send off to their kind of two seasons together of being like, you know, I've, I got you to your people, which are the Jedi and, and, you know, the whole Luke Skywalker, you know, moment at the end of uh, season two, where he's passed off to Luke. And I, I'm just, what I mean is if you came in fresh off of season two, you're like, Oh, Mando and Grogu are split up. He had to give him away to the Jedi. Luke Skywalker came and got him and you did not watch book of Boba Fett. And I'm sure most people did, right? Or at least watch those couple episodes or were told to watch those couple episodes. But I'm also saying those are the hardcore Star Wars people where I'm sure there are people who just love Mandalorian and didn't know Book of Boba Fett had anything to do with it. Maybe because, oh, he has a similar helmet. Okay, maybe they'll watch that show. But I mean, just jumping back in and just being like, they're back together is like, <laughs> I, I don't know. You should have either just called, uh, you know, Book of Boba Fett, The Mandalorian, and have that be season three. The Mandalorian because, presents the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, maybe, but like, I, that, anyways, I don't want to get hung up on that. It's fine. Go watch those two episodes of Book of Boba Fett if you haven't. Um, but overall, yeah, like, I, I love that start too. I was confused at what was happening because I'm like, is this a flashback to. Uh, when he's younger and starting to do it. Um, yeah, the the big old space crocodile uh, I, I was down for. I already mentioned um, the bunch of Babu Fricks. Like, um, I just love that, you know, Babu Frick being the one thing I think universally kind of liked from <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. Um, so just getting, I forget what their, um, what their race is called, but um the ah starts with an A, I think, right? But just getting a bunch of them, and that is an episode one, right? Is it, it chapter seventeen? Is, yeah, yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure. But like, um, 
yeah, and I just love, you know, even uh, Jin going back to, um, or Din, sorry, Din Jarin, uh, Din going back to uh, the planet from season one where you have um, uh, Carl uh, Weathers. Apollo Creed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Carl Weathers there. And um, just seeing, like, I know there's been talk on the internet of like how much time has passed in between these seasons and the time jumps don't make sense and things like that. But I guess this does, I think a pretty okay job of showing that time has passed significantly and having Carl Weathers be like the magistrate of, of like this leader uh, of this the high magistrate. high magistrate, my bad, my bad, the high magistrate um, in Navarro. That's the planet. Yeah. So in Navarro and just seeing how Navarro's kind of changed since season one, like I like going back there and I think some of our, kind of issues with Mandalorian was a lot of stuff felt very bare and they stayed on only a couple planets and like Tatooine and Navarro and, and stuff like that. And there wasn't a lot of like, you know, um, people and, and it just felt, you know, kind of empty in, in a lot of it. So I like that they do a good job building up Navarro, bringing back, um, uh, Carl Weathers and having that kind of sequence, like the IG 11 stuff. I even like of like, he needs a droid and he, we knew that he had a bad relationship with just droids in general. So the only droid he trusted is the one that he trusts from season one. So he wants to get him back. Um, we get that kind of cool sequence when they try to reactivate him and he comes back to life and wants to kill them. Um, thought that was good. Um, but yeah, like again, a lot of setup of, of needing to go to Mandalore, needing to take this bath. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But like I, yeah, even the the Bo-Katan stuff like I think this show specifically like star fans of Star Wars Rebels and some of the animated series, I think it's going to go more down that line of being like really nerdy and really fun for people who loved that show. I think it's still super enjoyable for people who who have not, but uh having Ahsoka probably be involved, I'm sure they're going to set up Ahsoka season 1 in this in this season. Um she wasn't in these i just that's my me theorizing of, of what they're going to do but having bo katan seem like she's going to be an important part of this season um but yeah I, that first episode i i kind of had fun with i like seeing him in that uh starfighter like from the original or the prequel trilogy um you know i like grogu kind of just still being adorable um but you can see him using some of his training he got with Luke with his force powers and things like that. So hinting that, um, you know, there's more to him than just being an ad adorable little goof. Um, um, back to that Star Wars doofiness is like, I love, um, there's a moment where uh, Mando has to throw Grogu over to Carl Weathers. And <laughs> it's so funny because it's just so clearly like the stuffed animal I have back here of Grogu, but like it's just the puppet. And it's like, that's what I mean by the Star Wars doofiness that I kind of like. And, um, you know, even the space pirates and all their costumes and stuff like that and how they talk, the whole Western showdown in Navarro, that's uh, space battle is like, it's all really fun. It's really, really fun. It's silly, but it's very, very fun. So, yeah, I, I think, again, like this is playing more to families than, say, Andor is where Andor oh, is yeah. playing to the more grown up fans of Star Wars. I like now. that they can do that, right? No, no, totally, totally. But again, 
sometimes you have to kind of readjust your expectations of that. So when you have Carl Weathers, who I always love seeing, you know, wearing this regal uniform and a cape that's the two being little kind robots. Of robots. Oh it's it's amazing. But <laughs> it's droids, also again a droids. very a very different kind of style or, or again, like that showdown with the pirates, you know, wanting to have a drink in a school. It's like, sir, this is a school, not a, not a bar. Um, and looking at kind of almost I think it's still a bar and you're like, yeah, gentrification come on. Is really? Interesting too. Yeah. Yeah. Or terraforming in, 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 in certain ways and, and how, you know, whether this character is kind of saying like, Oh Mando, like, why don't you come and be our lawman and, um, you know, help out and, and sort of, uh, you know, live off the land now because your, you know, your adventure with Grogu has changed. It's no longer dropping him off somewhere and kind of going on and, you know, bounty hunting again. It seems to be like, you know, you have this mission now to fulfill uh, a creed and atone for a sin. And so, you know, he's so fixated on that, that it is looking at the kind of religious aspect of um, the Mandalorian. And and that's kind of also replacing a little bit of like, you know, cause there's no real Jedi references um, in, in these two episodes, but it kind of feels like that's kind of replacing it a little bit where you're getting, yeah. you know, the mythology, showing the different and, kind of religions in this and the rhetoric of the Mandalorian and yeah. even the, the divisions of it, like, uh, you know, the way that uh, Bo-Katan talks about um, Mando's sort of way of life and his people, it's almost, she, she calls it a cult. And so it's almost yeah. like, it's like you have Catholics and Protestants and like, it's it's almost like a fraction of these kind of things. Right. Um, and it also does like, you know, this feels the <laughs> most, you mentioned, you keep saying the word doofy, doofy but it also yeah. reminds me the most in spirit of, Jim Henson, you know, like yep. seeing um, the Mandalorian, you know, in uh, Babu Frick's little workspace and kind the of Anzellans is their name. I, I I found the actual name Anzellans. Yeah, and seeing him kind of huddled and and sort of watching as Punched they work. Over. Yeah, like those things reminded me so much of 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 Jim Henson productions of the past, whether they be Dark Crystal or Labyrinth or, you know, even the Muppets in general, where you have, you know, people interacting in spaces that are made for other creatures and, you know, having more practical effects within those shots um, mm-hmm. and how it plays with scale and even the scale of Grogu versus Babu Frick in terms of the, you know, one puppet hugging the other one and, and that kind of tactile quality, like those little things all kind of play a role in how you remember, you know, that original trilogy of, of Star Wars films. Um, so yeah. it, it, it's, it's those things that kind of help kind of maybe cut through a little bit of the, the plotting, which it does feel by the time you get to chapter 18, at the end of it, I'm not spoiling anything, but it still is like, okay, well, I'm not really sure what this season is going to entail other than just some speculation that, you know, you mentioned uh, Bogotan maybe being a bigger part of it. And, and, and Katie Sackhoff um, is a much better actor than say um, Gina Carano, uh, which who, uh, I love how they just go, well, she's, she's gone now. She got a promotion or something. It's like, she, she will yeah. never be seen again. <laughs> She's literally Poochie from uh, The Simpsons. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but 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 I think that that is is important too because obviously, like you know, she has 
played such a huge role in the animated series. And, and so, you know, we're going to maybe see more of, of that sort of sort of tension between the two, especially with the sword, right? Like that's the thing that the dark kind of, saber. Yeah. She's the dark wanted, saber. Right? Yeah. To, in order to sort of bring, you know, her people back together and her character is a little bit of a bummer in, in chapter uh, 18. And she also weirdly reminded me of Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z, where, you know, she's the heir to this race that's been not wiped out, but kind of has been scattershotted across the galaxy. And you're basically having, you know, this character, you know, address the chosen one, uh, and you know Grogu being close to Goku, but also you know the Mandalorian <laughs> kind of being um, always called by his name Din Djarin, and it's very similar to like you know Vegeta calling Goku Kakarot and Kakarot. Um, even the way she sits on her sort of her throne, it, it, it has kind of like this a Vegeta weird, kind of y- yeah, manner. this energy yeah. to it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I love that. It, you told me that this morning at a screening we were at, and I was like, I love that comparison. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's again like it's it's a lot of fun seeing you know these characters kind of play off of each other, um, and even though it is an episodic series, it is interesting where eighteen ends because you think like, oh, you know, maybe a storyline is going to be the through line for this entire season. But it almost seems like, again, it's going back to that episodic nature of maybe this is just set up and we're going to see down the line what is mm-hmm. the kind of the main sort of focal point. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. Even by the end of chapter 18, I'm like, interesting, like where they ended off. And I'm like, I don't I know that sometimes it takes three, four episodes to kind of get into a groove and understand what's going on and, and what they're going for. But um, I did really enjoy kind of chapter 18 as well. And I think like without spoiling anything, like there is a great, again, talking about s- sort of practical effects mixed with CG and, and different creatures. Like that's the thing that I always love in Star Wars when they introduce something kind of new, like a new creature, a new gross little freak that I see either in the background or, or someone that's prominent. And there's a prominent gross little freak in, in chapter 18, um, that I kind of really loved the design of and the diff it reminded like this whole show is very video gamey, um, in the sense that it's like mission based. It just, it feels like it's ripped from a video game. And I, maybe I'm thinking of Pedro Pascal and last of us right now, go check out the cast of us, our last of us podcast, uh, on all podcast services and on YouTube. Um, but it feels very video gamey and this gross little freak in chapter 18 felt like a boss, like even going into, you know, just some elements from season two felt like going on a video game mission, right? Like going into a, a dungeon in a video game and having a boss battle, right? Like that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I don't want to spoil it cause I, I want you guys to see it for yourself, but that's when I go, Oh man, like this is why I love star Wars is like this thing that reminds me of, different characters from star Wars, but it also reminded me of, of other things. I couldn't put like my finger on it of like what I was thinking of. And maybe someone, when you guys see chapter 18, you can let me know what I'm thinking of, but it reminded me of a character from another movie or TV show. But like, I, I just loved the design and the different stages of it and how it kind of, um, uh, 
I don't want to give away too much, but it was awesome. Like, I love that creature design in, in chapter 18. It, and, and It's kind of like a Russian nesting doll in a way. A right? little bit. Like, yeah. Like it kind of plays it, yeah. with that. Um, yeah. With that kind of idea. But it is, you know, to your point, like it's really hard to create a, a, an interesting creature um, in this kind of world because you've seen so much and your expectations are so high when it comes to, you know, these designs because Star Wars kind of set the bar so high with not only creatures, but just, you know, uniforms and costuming in general, that when something new comes about that kind of feels fresh within the universe that you haven't seen before, it really does stand out. And when it's imposing, because there's something about it as well that I really was thought was quite disturbing uh i'll talk to you about it uh afterwards but um it does something kind of gross that it's like oh it's it's really unpleasant and yeah will kind of make people you know cringe if they have a certain phobia um so like those kind of little things i think are really um you know important to keeping um you know, the freshness of the series together and, and making sure that you, you know, have something new uh, to play with, but also still maintains, like, it doesn't feel like it, it's from a different world. Like, it feels like it still belongs in Star Wars, but it's still something newer that you haven't really seen before in this world or in the context. Yeah. Uh, absolutely agree. Uh, shout out to Rachel Morrison who directed the second episode as well. Um, who people might know as a cinematographer that's worked with, you know, Ryan Coogler on Fruitvale station and black Panther. Um, but she also, uh, worked on, on, uh, uh Mudbound and other things as well. I don't know Which if she got an her... Oscar nomination yeah. for, she's done a lot of TV, but she's never as a director. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But she's never directed a feature film. She's working on her first feature right now, cool. Flint strong, uh, with Brian Tyree Henry. So that will be coming out probably in the next year or so. Um, and then, yeah, like, it's just interesting to see like the people that, Favreau is working with when it comes to, um, you know, the creatives, obviously, you know, we're going to get another episode directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, who, you know, Love has it. done the best episodes in the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett. So, you know, I'm sure that that is going to be highly anticipated when her episode uh, comes out, but yeah, it's, it's always kind of great to see, you know, a kind of interesting mix of people, like even having someone like Carl Weathers, you know, direct uh, an, episodes episode, in the, yeah. an episode in the past. So, you know, like those. And he is directing are- one this this season as well. And you have Rick uh, Femiua, who directed the chapter 17, and he's also directing the last two episodes of the season. But you have Lee Isaac Chung, who is also um, uh, directing the next episode, chapter 19. Um, and then you have Peter Ramsey from uh, people might know as... Uh, one of the co-directors of Into the Spider-Verse um, and uh, yeah, also Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, so yeah, a good group of people and like, yeah, I'm excited to see where the season goes. Like I, I know we have to kind of tiptoe around, you know, at chapter 18, but I, I enjoy chapter 18. Like again, I thought it was a fun start to this season. I don't know if I'm like, it's got its hooks in me yet. And I do think a little bit of that is, but Hey, Andor took, three four episodes to get into it too i know that mandalorian doesn't have as much um time because andor was like that 12 episode season where this is going with the more standard like eight that disney plus usually does but um 
And I guess like the Mandalore stuff isn't just like, it's not something that I'm personally super interested in. Like, it's just, I think fans of, of clone wars and that have, you know, uh, followed Bo-Katan and, and star Wars, uh, rebels as well. It looks like they, you know, theorizing again, that they might include, um, characters from star Wars rebels as well. And that all involves kind of like Mandalore and Mandalorians. It does involve some Jedi stuff too, but, um, I don't know if that's something that I'm like super interested in or even like Mando needing to be like, I need to atone for my sins. Cause I took off my helmet. I'm like, eh. I'm like, do you bro? I'm kind of with other people that are like, your, your group seems like really hardcore and that maybe you should just be like, Hey, maybe I don't need to do this. Maybe I don't need to follow these people. Maybe I can do my own thing. And like, it seemed like I got a kid to take care of now. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, I think we'll probably get more into Grogu's story too. Right. Of like, um, the cloning and, and stuff that, uh, that, uh, we saw in the first season. Um, but I don't like that will probably, I think tie in, I think even having Babu Fricks or the Anzellans in this first episode might be kind of like, a we might connect this to the sequel trilogy. Um, because I still, I still have a feeling if we're theorizing where the show goes, like a lot of that Grogu stuff will involve, the Jedi and also cloning and maybe lead to Snoke and stuff like that. Right. Like we, we saw that in the second season and I I think um, we'll probably revisit that as well. So I don't know if it's just going to be like kind of little arcs in this season where maybe the first couple episodes are like the Mandalore kind of stuff. And then we'll get into some Grogu Jedi stuff and, with some, some of the cloning. Cause I think you kind of have to get back to Grogu. Cause right now, like he's just kind of there, <laughs> like he's adorable. And he's like, I, I love him. And, um, even like him spinning around in, in, in grief Karga's chair and stuff like that, using the force for silly things like that. Like, um, you know, he's still adorable. I love any time he's just floating beside Mando and his little kind of, uh, baby carriage kind of thing. Um, he's a better version of Modoc. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I just feel like even in these first two episodes, there is a good moment with Grogu in the, in the, in the second episode where it's something we've never actually seen that character have to deal with. Um, which I think is interesting. Um, but, and Amy Sedaris probably like who knew we would see so much Amy Sedaris in a star war. <laughs> like star I just feel theater like camp. I just feel like every time I'm like, Oh, we're getting more Amy Sedaris. Okay. I love her and I don't know if I love her character in this, but like we, we keep going back to her and I'm like, you know what? You got your, your, your droids and your, in your junkyard and good for you. Yeah. Um, but I like that we've had these cast of characters now that we can go back and revisit and you know, that we've seen for a couple seasons, except for Poochie who went back to her home planet. <laughs> Yeah. And and I think you 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 become you you grow Grogu it, it, Amy Sedaris Grogu's on you. Yeah. Um you know like you, you become more accepting of, of really that gross. character. It does. Yeah. Um but I also wanted to correct myself. Newer is not a word. Uh it's just new. Um but there is something that I think is also worth mentioning in the second episode with you know some of the design and um some of the other creatures. 
Um, it has a, a, a reference, I think, to H.G. Wells' The Time Machine, yeah. uh, where you have kind of in that movie, in, in the book, um, you know, these characters, the the warlock characters, that these underground creatures that are all kind of all like albino types. And it kind of almost feels like it is touching on that. And the first episode, chapter 17 of, of season uh, three, is shot by cinematographer Dean Cundy. Um, I love me some Dean Cundy. Yeah. And I mean, again, one of those guys that, you know, has shot some of the most... Um, influential blockbuster movies in uh, of our, our time you know Jurassic with, Park right Jurassic Park worked with Carpenter and a ton of stuff especially like Halloween thing, didn't he did he yep. do the thing yep. as well he yeah. he shot most of of Carpenter stuff in like in the 80s and into the 90s and then even Robert Zemeckis you know like it's 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 amazing to think that that guy now doesn't have the same kind of cachet that he did back in the eighties and nineties in the way that he should kind of be held up as a Roger Deakins type, you know, um, sort of level of status. And you think to yourself, what happened there? And I know we've talked about this before, but yeah, like, I think we did during book of Boba Fett. Cause he shot yeah, like, a couple of those, right? Yeah. Cause the last thing he did that was like kind of his big commercial movie before, you know, working on the book of Boba Fett was the Adam Sandler film, Jack and Jill, you know, and then yeah, that was in 2011 and yeah, he kind of did the most random kind of movies. He did do that movie, the girl in the photographs that I watched, which is terrible. And you would, but, you would never, you um, would never know it was him. <laughs> or home again with Reese Witherspoon. Um, oh, yeah, very strange, but good to see him kind of having a little bit of a mainstream kind of comeback. Cause I love seeing his name pop up and you know, the show, you know, looks very modern Star Warsy if we're talking about the look, um, which I mean that in like most Star Wars, like Andor was a different beast. I know we're going to keep, you know, beating that drum, but like Andor shot on location, like used very, they still use special effects and green screens and things like that. But I think you can still tell that this show is shot a lot on sound stages with the volume and, and, and things like that. Like it, it doesn't look bad. It still looks good. And I think actually the special effects um, in that first episode, especially in that like a uh, uh, sp- uh, dog fight in space with a literal dog man, which I love. <laughs> like, <laughs> he um, likes to drink in schools. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who brought this up? Oh, Tim Gettys from kind of funny uh, said it, it felt reminded him of star Fox. And I was like, Oh yeah. I'm like, I I'm still with you that I think a star Fox movie would be dope. Um, use puppets like they did with uh, the original kind of star Fox things. But um, I thought the special effects look good. I just, the look of it, I, I'm, it still looks very, you know, modern Star Warsy uh, TV show stuff. But um, that's do you think it looks good though? Because they they took more time in developing yeah. it, where it does seem like again we've talked about this with the Marvel stuff, but even with Obi Wan and the Book of Boba Fett, it it yeah. did kind of look a little bit more rushed in terms. Yes, of its I agree that it it still has that volumey look, but. The special effects themselves, you can tell, I feel like they've took their time with on this season a little bit more. And like nothing stood out as looking bad when it came to the special effects for me. And I like that blend of using a lot of, you know, practical effects and costumes and stuff like that when they can, right? For 
trademark Star Wars doofiness like that I again mean that as a term of endearment because I really I really do like it. Um yeah, so much different than Andor. I think I love Mandalorian season 1 and 2 and this is more of that. So I don't know if I'm super interested in the Mandalore stuff and the dark saber and Bo-Katan and stuff like that. I like Katie Sackoff. I like the character, but I wasn't I I watched a little bit of Clone Wars, but like I wasn't super into a lot of that. So um I'm intrigued to see where it goes. We're not going to put scores on this. Just it's kind of our overall thoughts of these first two episodes. But um, I'm kind of uh, excited to see uh, what's coming up. Um, uh, like seeing Lee Isaac Chung, uh, who just directed Minari and is doing Twisters. <laughs> Amazing. Um, <laughs> directing an episode gets me really excited. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to kind of see what Chapter 19 has in store. Well, even just the announcement of of Kokonaga, uh, yeah, right, directing uh, episode may, or maybe episodes of the Acolyte, you know, like yeah, that seems yeah. something again. Like, you know, I don't know if if it's really going to look like a Kokonada, um episode, yeah. but I mean, it's just cool that like these guys are coming in, you know, I get directing that bank. an episode. Exactly. So they can go and, and make their small little movies that are more meaningful and, and, and maybe and put personal. a little bit of their stamp in it, right? Like put something in there that maybe is like, oh shit. Like, or I, I'm all for some people hate when, and when, you know, great directors, you know, sell out and go do something for Disney or Star Wars or Marvel or something like that. Or they think that like, you know, Disney has so much money that they can throw at these guys that they take them away from doing other things where I see it as kind of a fun, especially when it comes to TV, they're doing one episode, two episodes or something like that. It's not like they're committing, you know, three, four years of their life on it. But then even then for someone who does like this universe or does like the Marvel universe and stuff like that, or, um, or even Barry Jenkins doing Mufasa, right? Like it's just, I'm more interested in next week's episode because Lee Isaac Chung's directing it or Coconata's doing the acolyte. Like I'm, I'm like, I want to see what that looks like. And even if it just feels like another episode of the Mandalorian or, or something like that, I'm, I'm still like hope they bring some of themselves into that and, or some weirdness, not even that they're weird filmmakers, but like, it's just, un- they're unexpected for, this i think that's what i want to see something unexpected from their episodes or something like that and and then like you said get that bank use that money to make an indie film and then and great so um, matt their art house hunks doing uh you know commercial fare and and it's again like these these are filmmakers who you know have to survive and and provide for their families and them and themselves and as much as minari and after yang are are and and columbus are are wonderful movies you know they 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 have to still work it's the same like i I always remember what james gray said where it's like you know like he does a lot of commercial work you know in between films and just because you make a movie with you know a brad pitt or you know you shoot something that has a a studio behind it doesn't make you well off you know you still have to provide yeah for those james gray's talked about that a lot he's like i'm not rich (laughs) he's just like i'm yeah yeah um yeah I, i definitely understand that um, but this, this, these two episodes, I mean, basically like to sum it all up, it's just a man needing to take a bath. 
and it weirdly also reminded me so much of uh, Prince talking about purifying yourself in Lake Minnetonka. Uh, so, you know, take that as as what you will. So, but it's still enjoyable. I, I think like this uh, yeah. is, you know, like this is a fun thing to kind of, you know, watch each and every it's a popcorn week. show, right? And, yeah. and, you know, let's go back to having some adventures and not maybe focus entirely on the Mandalorian Jedi kind of minutia and that kind of ideology, you know, actually just like do the We're Western get back thing. to the Jedi thing. But I, know, I, know, I get you. I, I get you. But like you hope that there's sprinkle in those one off kind of things like I, I do. Even the pirates felt like a little bit of that, right, where he had yeah. to kind of help grief carga again with the with the pirates but he just runs away from them but i agree with you i i kind of like the episodic na- nature of that show so to get pl- bogged down in plotting with the mandalore with mandalore and the jedi like i'm with you i do want a little bit more of the grogu stuff but um yeah i'm excited i, I enjoyed these first two episodes and i'm excited for every wednesday now to have a new episode so um i'm excited to see the rest uh thank you all for listening or watching we really do appreciate it if you're a fan of pedro pascal we do another podcast like i mentioned called the <laughs> cast of us uh where eric and i each week break down the newest episode of hbo's the last of us show so that's every Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Eric and I have a brand new episode breaking down uh, what just happened on the show immediately after it's over. So please go check that out on podcast services and YouTube. Uh, we have a, a, a review show called Untitled Movie Reviews, which you're on right now. I don't know why I'm explaining that, but like we have other movie reviews on there. We'll have a review for Scream and Creed 3, uh, Scream 6, um, yep. which I'm calling Screevy, Creed 3. Um, what else do we have up there right now, Eric? What did we do recently? I forget. Uh, we my, did a review of Cocaine Bear, which we did Cocaine not care Bear. for. Yeah, so you guys can check all of that out right here, podcast services or YouTube. Then the main show will return soon. I've just been kind of all over the place. Uh, so Eric and I will get back to that. I'm going to talk about my Disney trip. I'm going to rank rides and do all that stuff. So that should be up very soon, probably this week as well. One-stop shop for everything, uh, untitled underscore movies over on Letterboxd. You can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric March, and you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. I think the Mandalorian's going to take a bath on this one. This is the way. <laughs> <laughs>